What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waterboy Podcast. Today, it is episode number 32. We're on to month two of Waterboys. Uh, and we got a packed schedule today. Got a lot of football news. Going to be reacting to some college football news. A bunch of Madden rating reactions. My God. I don't know God. what EA Sports is doing. Uh, but they got some interesting uh, Madden rating adjusters. I think Ocho Cinco is one of them now. Hey, Manning and I, is as well. I, I, might, I might need to criticize uh, Ocho Cinco in a little bit for some of his atrocious wide receiver rankings. But regardless, we got that. And then, of course, going to end it off a little MLB home run derby. Every, we got to cover the Juan Soto news. We don't know where he's going. There's a lot of yeah, stuff to go over. No, we, we don't. But, but yeah, uh, let's did, get into that. So, to be fair, or, we talk about Juan Soto last episode a little bit so if you're, yeah we, we did a little but that, i mean that's, that's the only thing going on in mlb so i mean we got to go over it again a little more okay. insight this time but yeah, all right let's get into the episode so little the only thing that i have for college football i know you have something as well uh another pff list by the way oh no yeah you're on a roll this week they gotta stop this time per anthony trash Anthony Trash, but we Anthony like Trash call, yet again. We like to call him Anthony Trash on this show. I top mean, he's tra- it's a top ten list, top ten running backs in college football this year, this upcoming year. I have number, not seen this list. Please tell right. me. Who do you think number one is? Bijan, right? This should be tried and true. No, is it, it Trevion? It's Canvas State running back Deuce Vaughn. Is number one. Okay, all right. Okay. That's just the way this list. Where's Bijan and Trevion? Where are they? Bijan Robinson two, Blake Corum three, Michigan, Travion Henderson four, Zach Evans five, Ole Miss, Devon Archain I think his name Texas A and M, Raylan Allen Wisconsin, Jameer Gibbs from Bama, Zach Charbonnet UCLA, and Tank Bigsby from Auburn. I don't understand how you could put Blake Corum first ahead of Braylon Allen. That's so unbelievably disrespectful. But ahead of Trevion also, that is, that's disrespectful. Okay, that's another classic interactions post. Of course, he had to put the Michigan running back ahead of the two best running backs in the Big Ten, Braylon Allen and Trevion. You know of what, course, you know he put I'm Blake getting, Corum ahead of them. You know what I'm getting out of, out of these lists? Anthony Trash... Uh, is not an Ohio State fan. Let's just say Anthony Trash hates Ohio State. This guy is RJ Young 2.0. I'm not sure if you know who RJ Young is, but this guy blew up in 2019, and he was just, like, riding Ohio State. 2019, when Ohio State had that team with, like, Chase Young and stuff, Mm -hmm. they were kind of being disrespected throughout the regular season. RJ Young kind of goes, like, away from the – uh, normal public opinion so he was like defending Ohio State that whole season 2020 this guy was saying Ohio State shouldn't even be ranked in the top 25 because they only have six wins this year and it's just like dude shut the hell up like they just shit on Clemson first round in the playoff the natty went a little different but still I don't care if they only played six games like shut up RJ Young he's just an interactions guy college football on Fox and PFF they Kind of got good guys when it comes to interactions. Uh, obviously, it's helped out the brands, whether it's negative publicity, it still is publicity. So, I mean, it is doing something, but I mean, these guys, it, 
it's just how do we piss off Ohio State fans? You know, it's easier to get Ohio State fans to interact by pissing them off than making them happy. Like, I'm just, I, I know I've heard of Deuce Vaughn before, but when Bijan Robinson is like a consensus pick to be a Heisman contender, and I think he can go in the draft next year, right? To be like a top five pick. Yeah. Why are you putting Deuce Vaughn ahead of him when also like there are, few and far between running backs who are like generationally like conceived running backs. Like people are like, this dude is like by far and away, like this generation's running back. Like we had Adrian Peterson, Leonard Fournette in college was the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like that kind of situation. Bijan Robinson is that kind of guy. So the fact that you're not ranking him consensusly one, like I understand it's Texas, okay? Like, okay, like I, I get it, I get it. We we hate Texas, but like Bijan was Bijan like Robinson, the only factor in Texas' offense last year, though. Like that guy is. Now I'm sure I'm sure Deuce Vaughn is is a, probably the the same deal with Kansas State. We play K State this year, so that'll be interesting to see how um, that happens. But. And I'll, I'll get back to us about that when I, I see him there. But like I said, <laughs> I, I don't know why Bijan's not one. Like, that does not make any sense. I mean, the fact that we saw how Ohio State's offense ran with Henderson on the field. Dude, that dude, Henderson, he has the record for most broken tackles in a single season in Ohio State history. And he set that as a true freshman. <laughs> I mean, Ohio State had some pretty good running backs in their past. I mean... I don't know. Uh, pretty good guys in the past, and Trevion you know, just set Zeke that Bill, record. Ezekiel Elliott ring a bell for anybody? Maybe, maybe a, a- Zeke was pretty good. I don't know. It's not like Ohio State is the only two-time Heisman-winning player in the history of college football who played running back. I don't know. It's not like they had that guy, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah, Trevion Henderson, I guess, is what the fifth best running back in college football. Sure, we'll I, go for the, we'll go by that. Okay. I also just love the fact, like, I've never seen Tank play, but I feel like Tank Bigsby at number 10 just has to be, like, because of his name. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. There's no way otherwise. Now, like, I haven't seen much Deuce Vaughn. I just know the guy's 5'6". So, I mean, unless He's this guy's, like, fast. Tariq Cohen 2.0, I mean... Let's, hold just, on. I mean, he's also playing the Big 12. I mean... Well, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. How here. hard is it to run there? Wouldn't be able to tell you. Guess that goes the same way for Bijan, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Trevion last year averaged 6.8 I don't yards know. per carry. And the O-line so, at Ohio so State Deuce, wasn't that phenomenal last year. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, 5'6", 172 pounds at 5'6", by the way. I don't know how he doesn't fumble every time he gets hit. That's he, crazy. Well, it's because he's 172 pounds. Like, that's pretty big for a 5'6 guy. Yeah, but uh, compared to the average football player, that's tiny as shit. You're getting murdered. It is based off of your body type, to be fair. Uh, I'm I'm just surprised this guy put up 1,800 yards last year. Like, what? (laughs) 2021 uh, season stats, 235 attempts, 1,404 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns with an average six yards per carry. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess they just put him at one because he had the best production out of yeah, the so running he, backs. He had, uh, they played at Texas. He had 143 yards played uh, versus LSU, 146. Baylor, 128. Not really any, no, Oklahoma, he had 51. They kind of stopped him. 
the rest of these teams, Oklahoma State, like Iowa State, there's a Texas Tech, but like none of them were like prolific teams last year besides Oklahoma and um, Baylor. None of them were. I mean, the funniest is Blake Corum. I think Blake Corum had like three carries against Georgia for seven yards. (laughs) Talk about performing on the biggest stage of the year, but uh, whatever. Uh, Blake Blake Corum. Get your interactions uh, in there. Yeah, Blake Corum, 144 <laughs> attempts, same so same amount of attempts, or sorry, I don't know what I'm saying, 144 attempts, 952 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6.6 average yards per carry. He is 5'8", 200 pounds, and last year he had 13 yards against Georgia, 74 yards against uh, Iowa, 87 versus Ohio State, 45 versus Michigan State. 46 versus Wisconsin, 89 versus Nebraska, 68 versus Rutgers. Uh, yeah. Now, I know, I know Blake Corum split carries in the backfield last year, but it's yeah. just to say that he's just better than, like, workhorse, uh, workhorse running backs on other teams is just like, what the hell are they saying? Like, what are you saying? Like, I, whatever. All right. I mean, that's PFF with their stupid rankings. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than PFF having some ignorant reactions uh, for those rankings, Kirby Smart today, uh, one of the most hypocritical responses to NIL. So today, Kirby Smart, uh, pretty sure it's the SEC media days going on right now, but he complained about the state of NIL. And, and I quote, he's worried about college football players getting paid too much too fast. I mean, so I just want to say, uh, shut up, Kirby Smart, like shut the hell up. Uh, Georgia cheats harder, literally as hard as the biggest cheaters in college football right now, <clears throat> Miami, Tennessee, <laughs> all those guys. Uh, but shut up. All right. Kirby's just mad. They blew all their money on, uh, AJ Harris and they don't have any more money to blow on anyone else. I mean, He's I mean, just mad. They blew uh, their salary cap already. Look, if it was anybody else having that complaint, like I would, it's like an understandable thing. Cause like, as a, as a genuine, genuine thing, like, I, I I'm not that. sure if that's an understandable thing for many people to be complaining about right now. In the SEC, no, 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 if you're know, complaining but, about I'm, NIL, oh, okay, no, but man. I know, but I'm saying, like, if you go back to the episode we were talking with Chad with about NIL, right, just the fact that it's just the method to the way they're getting it, like, that's something that you can complain about, but getting too much money too fast, like, that's the whole point of what the situation is. Like, that's why you made NIL. Now you're complaining that people are getting paid too much when you expected this yeah his argument makes no sense i mean in reality that's not what he's actually mad about he's mad that georgia boosters don't give him as much money as the tennessee boosters and miami boosters and he wants more money that's literally why he said that but no you know if you want more money take it out of your contract i'm sure you're getting paid millions upon millions of dollars no that would never happen but i mean kirby just won a natty i i mean the boosters probably gave him a bonus when it came to recruiting salary, I mean, they definitely gave him a little boost after winning the Natty. I mean, yeah, they're going to need a quarterback pretty soon. So it, it was phenomenal how Georgia won last year with just like the worst offense in college football history for a Natty win. I mean, their defense was so good last year. Like, yeah, well, when you have they need that to win on your team, <laughs> it's a it's kind of hard to lose. No, no, I, I know, but it's like they got to replace that. Like they need new yeah, guys to fill in those bodies and no, they need money to get those guys or else they're going to Bama or they're like 
Yeah. You literally, there's no way you can replicate a Jordan Davis, though. Like, I just want to make you that. can't replicate that defense they had last year. They literally had like no holes, <laughs> they had like eight first round picks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, one other thing, though, from SEC Day today, whatever the conference they were having, um, I'm pretty sure that it was probably a, a dude from Vanderbilt. I don't remember his name, but he was like, Oh, yeah, just you wait. Vanderbilt football is coming back, it's going to be stronger than ever. Like, we're I think they said like, it's only a couple of years till Vanderbilt's the best team in the SEC. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, I love to pump up the fan base. You know what? Screw it. Sells At least tickets. have some confidence in yourself. Sells uh, tickets. I just think though, like if if college football were to somehow implement a relegation league, like Vandy's getting relegated year one, and they'll never look. Come all, I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying is if if you throw if you if you put Vanderbilt in the AAC with Tulane and us, like us and whoever else, we would absolutely demolish them. Well, I'm not sure about that one, but I, I'm i not sure if Vanderbilt would win the AAC with Cincy. No. And sh- like, I'm not but, sure if they'd I mean, win dude, that. Vander- Vanderbilt football is absolutely horrendous. No, I, I'm aware, but they still get some SEC guys. But well, if they weren't yeah, in the SEC, but- they wouldn't. Uh, you know, but the fact that they said that, that's, you know what? Honestly, that's just kind of humor. <laughs> I'm not really against that. I think that's just kind of um, Shout okay, those so guys. little transition segment into the NFL here. And- no, whoa, 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 whoa. We okay. are not done with college football. All right, you, you go, you go. There. State you of go. the Union for Ohio State football. I am officially worried about Ohio State recruiting. I am officially concerned about the outlook of this class, and I understand they're currently ranked number one, and yeah, their receiving prospects are phenomenal, yes. But other than that, it's been a it's been a pretty mediocre to below average recruiting class for Ohio state standards, at least what I'd be expecting right now. So the other day, Ohio state misses out on a four-star top hundred linebacker from Louisiana named Tackett Curtis, who committed to USC of all schools from Louisiana he picked USC. So, I mean, I don't know how a guy from Louisiana picks USC the LA linebacker. Power. I don't, yeah, I don't understand probably. how that happens. Uh, I, I don't know. But, I mean, as an Ohio State fan, I don't blame the guy. In the past three, four seasons, Ohio State hasn't developed shit at linebacker. They really haven't developed anything. Uh, their highest linebacker recruit ever, Baron Browning, I mean, he's probably should have played edge rusher, wasn't even a linebacker. I mean, I mean, you consider guys they had in the past, like A.J. Hawk, Laura Nias and stuff, they're just not the same at linebacker anymore. I don't blame this guy Tackett for not wanting to come, but I mean, Ohio state historically has been known as a linebacker powerhouse factory and they just don't land linebackers anymore. They got CJ Hicks last year, but he's from Ohio. It's a little different, but I mean, they miss out Tackett Curtis. That's a bad miss. He was crystal ball to Ohio state for like the past three months. Uh, Also their Ohio state's number one target, one tech D lineman, top hundred player, John Walker, He's a uh, crystal ball to Ohio state, but his family wants him to stay at home, which probably means he's not coming to Ohio state. If his family wants him to stay home and they publicly said that. So Ohio state misses out on their one tech recruit. They have no other one tech prospects on their radar, remotely close to ranked in the top 300. John Walker is a must get for Ohio state and they're not going to get him. He's not coming. So they are losing in on one text. They're very thin on the interior D line. They've also haven't hit on any massive DN prospects. They get Jason Moore, 
out of uh, Chase Young's high school. But other than that, I want a five-star. We're Ohio State. It's Ohio State football. They get the Bosa's, the Chase Young's. How are they not landing the top DN prospects? Like, I'm concerned. I need a Mateo Uyungale or I need a Nikolese Harbor in this class or else I don't, I don't get it. Like that, that's been our strength. D end. Now it's wide receiver. It's just flipped. And I mean, shit, last thing I want to say, my boy, Caleb Downs, my number one source has told me that he is in fact a Buckeye by the end of July. However, he has gotten crystal balls to Alabama, to Georgia. And apparently my number one source tell me this is all smokescreen. This is all just to get clicks. He is a Buckeye. And they're just doing this to rile up the Georgia Alabama fans. But I don't know. You don't just throw around crystal balls for nothing. I don't think this guy's coming. He's from the state of Georgia too. Kalem Downs is probably not a Buckeye. And Ohio State is probably their running back prospect, top prospect, Mark Fletcher, four-star, is rumored to decommit. And Ohio State's number one recruiting uh, running back prospect, Richard Young, who's currently crystal ball to Alabama, is still probably going to go to Alabama even after Bama just signed another top 2023 running back recruit the other day. So Ohio State recruiting right now, yeah, we're dominating at wide receiver, but other than that, I guess quarterback too, but other than those two, I can't name a position group on this team where we're dominating at recruiting. I can't, and that concerns me. That scares the shit out of me. How are the, uh, how are the specialists doing? You got any kickers? Uh, just got the kicker from USC. Hopefully he can actually kick it into the end zone and we can get touchbacks this season. Cause last year we did not have a kicker who could kick the ball into the end zone. <laughs> You're in the big 10 and you didn't. Are you telling me there's no one on the Ohio state campus football player or not who can just kick a football into the end zone. There's gotta be at least a soccer player or some shit, right? Like how, how do you not have a kid who can kick a ball into the end zone? Like literally my dad would have heart attacks every Saturday watching the kickoff team. It was, you're holding your breath every play because they couldn't cover shit and they couldn't kick it in the end zone. I mean, Ohio, like, yes, they have the number one class right now, but if we continue at this rate, they'll finish number six. That's all I'm saying. So I'm concerned. Notre Dame actually might finish ahead of Ohio State this year in recruiting, which I'm embarrassed to admit. So talking about linebackers and stuff, um, I know you saw this, but Manti Teo has a documentary coming out on Netflix. So uh, about Notre Dame, about his last season on or Notre just Dame. life. No. Um, so basically, it is a a documentary on his final season, his senior season at Notre Dame, and we all know what happened his final season at Notre Dame. It is called Untold, the story of the fake girlfriend. I'm pretty sure is what it's called. Um, I will double check that real quick, actually. Let me, let me just make sure that I'm reading this <laughs> correctly. Um, so it is called Untold, the girlfriend who didn't exist. I like and that title. It's pretty good. It is, <laughs> it is literally Manti Teo, like himself. Like he he is in it, like he's talking about it and everything. And I'm pretty sure it seems like they show the person who catfished him. Like she's in it. And oh, the guy, yeah, they they have that guy like came out in an interview 
mm-hmm. like when it happened, like talking about it. I remember. Yeah, he's he's probably in it. Um, and it, like it's it's gonna it comes out August sixteenth. Highly recommend everybody watches it. We'll be watching it, but uh, it's quite a story. I don't know if it'll ever be repeated. Like we said, it could possibly be an option. It should be an option in the next uh, NCAA EA sports game, but EA it's also just hard, so to be like. Well, first, before that news broke out, Manti Teo was like in the conversation to win the Heisman, like that whole year. Well, he was, and uh, yeah, Notre yeah. Dame was undefeated, probably the best Notre Dame team of the past literally 40 years. They haven't won yeah. a natty since like the 80s. So, like, literally the best team in the last 40 years. And, and then all this shit comes out. And I think they lost 49 to seven in the natty to Alabama and Eddie Lacy. <laughs> like, I think oh, no. Eddie Lacy, Alabama beat them by 42 points in the don't forget don't forget eddie lacy packers legend okay this is actually a great transition to nfl i have one thing which is a better (laughs) which is okay so eddie lacy remember the video or the pictures of him like 270 at packers training camp apparently leonard fournette weighed in at 260 pounds reporting to the buccaneers mini camp uh Yep. And like one of my favorite things is reading this dude is a large fry away from getting his hand in the dirt and playing DN next year. But like 260 pounds. So here's the way back. That's is so heavy. With Leonard Fournette. There's one of two ways it goes. One, he ends up like Eddie Lacy or two, because it's Leonard Fournette and the dude just loves contact. <laughs> you're not going to be able to tackle this man. Like he actually might kill someone next year, putting his helmet into someone's chest. And also, we have to keep in mind, yes, Leonard Fournette is 260 pounds in the preseason, but we're only worried about playoff Lenny here. Like, let's wait to see his weight. Like, let's wait until we see what his weight is come playoff time, you know? People, like, bulk up by putting on mass amounts of, like, body fat. like that. Okay, from going to, like, 230 to 260, that's got to just be straight ice cream and fucking pizza that's (laughs) kind of what people do though like that's literally what people do running backs are supposed to be doing that though but no but like what what would happen if that if that's what he's doing he would shred it all down which is probably what will happen if that happens if he does that leonard fournette's like a like my god like shout out to the hustle i mean the guy got his ring he like signed another extension i mean he's got money now i mean leonard Leonard just kind of a baller. I mean, honestly, the fact that he really went from number one overall prospect in high school to still having, like, just the fact that he's still in the uh, NFL is impressive enough at running back. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I just thought that that story was just absurd to just okay. consider. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that turns out. Really, we only care about playoff Lenny. Yeah, at the end of the day, who cares what his weight is right now? Let's wait to see what he is in the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll wait that. Um, before we get into Madden, I have a couple more things, okay? First thing, and I don't know if this is entirely true, because uh, okay. it also comes from Elite Takes on Twitter. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, as a head coach, through college and the NFL, this is win-loss by game number. Okay, so meaning game one through seven, game whatever, seven or eight through 16, okay? He has a winning record or tied record 
every single season games one through seven outside of 2016 and 2014 at Texas Tech, where he went three and four. So they're counting college coaches. Yeah. So Texas Tech and uh, Arizona. Yeah. So 2021, seven and 2025 and two, 2019, three, three and one. 2018, this is his last year at Texas Tech. So the rest of these will be at Texas Tech. Five and two, four and three, three and four, five and two, three and four, seven and oh. So the total win loss for games one through seven for college and NFL combined are 42, 20 and one. People forget the the Cardinals were seven and oh to start the year last year. Holy shit. The rest of the year. So games eight through 16, eight through whatever, right? For college and NFL. Last year, four and seven, 2020, three and six, 2019, two and seven at Texas Tech. 0 and five, two and four, two and three, two and four, one and four, one and five. The rest of the season record that Cliff Kingsbury has, 17 and 45. Keep in mind his first year at Texas Tech, seven and zero. He went one and five the rest of the year. His this past year at Arizona, seven started seven and zero, went four and seven last year. 2020 went four and five, started five and two. Ended three and six. 2019 started three, three and one, ended two and seven. 2018 at Texas Tech started five and two, ended 0 and five. That trend. All right. All right. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make sense of this, this information. I'm going to try to rationalize it. Okay. Does Cliff Kingsbury just stop changing his offense after week seven? Like, I, I, I mean, because Cliff just does offense. So, Like that's kind of what it feels like. A I mean, I can't think game. of anything. I I can't think of anything else to make sense. Uh, like it, it that, seems, it seems like crazy. He might have he might have texted Pete Carroll like, "How do you let Russ cook games?" Yeah, like yeah, literally call him up like, "Yo, Pete." Yeah, so like, how do you like completely ruin your team uh, halfway through the season like you do every year? Okay, sweet. Oh. I'll do that. Okay, I'll I'll do that. The Cardinals are the weirdest team ever. But like it's not just the Cardinals; it's every it's yeah. No, no, it's it is Cliff's whole. I mean, those Texas Tech number. I mean, a little like, of it can be understood at Texas Tech because you're starting the season with out of conference, and I can understand that a little but, bit. But here's but my the question. NFL makes absolutely zero sense. Who I don't zero sense. I don't know the GM's name for the Cardinals offhand, nor the owner's name. Can't but say if, I know that. If you're <laughs> looking at Cliff Kingsbury's record, obviously he was going to be at USC that last year before they hired him off. If you remember that. So they, they saved USC, by the way, props to that. Uh, Cause they wouldn't be in this position if they had left, let Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury stay there. Mm-hmm. If you're the Cardinals and you're looking at Cliff Kingsbury record from 2013 to 2018, and you see that he goes negative every single season after the halfway point, including even if he started off hot, he just absolutely just craps the bed. Why are you hiring him? I mean, I, like, honestly, I, get, I, I, I feel like the trend towards the young offensive-minded no. coaches have just absolutely <laughs> brainwashed every single executive in the NFL. Like, every, Sean McVay's, like, in terms, of recent, in terms like, of recent Super Bowl winners... It's only Sean McVay. Sean McVay's, like... Sean McVay made it before Shanahan. Okay. Made it, I guess Zach, Shanahan Zach, counts as a Zach young Taylor, guy, right? Yeah, Zach Taylor counts. made it to the Super Bowl. Taylor too. Brandon Staley, I think, is the offensive mind. Besides, no, defense. Oh, he is defense. Mm-mm. 
Never mind then, but he did absolutely blow that. But he's younger. Hard. Yeah. He's y- young, just young. Just the younger coaches in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel um, like, um, I don't uh, know. I, I do kind of understand. I guess they could coach. connect a little more. Yeah, the floor. Yeah. So they tried it with Matt. Rule. How old's Kevin like, O'Connell? Uh, he's in his late third. We, we just check. He's 26. <laughs> I mean, he backs 37. Up. So the Vikings are going that route too. He's he 37. Backs up Tom Brady too, by the way. Just interesting development. Um, yeah. But like, I just feel like the head coach was out of college. Like the last one that worked, and I could be wrong about this, the last one that worked was Pete Carroll. And that isn't really working right now, per se. Yeah, I'm trying to think of just like recent Super Bowl winners. It's usually a long time, kind of bit like Andy Reid when he finally won. He'd been in the NFL for years. Uh, Matt Matt Rule. Bruce Arians finally won with the Bucs. He's been there for, you know, like. But like like out of college, like quarter, like, like coaches that were plucked from college and put into the NFL. The last okay. one I think won the Super Bowl was Pete Carroll. Pete. They tried that with Cliff Kingsbury at the Cardinals and Matt Rule in Carolina, and both of them have Failed. managed to like implode the franchise. At least I'll give props to Cliff. He he's managed to to do something. Like he's turned it around a little bit. They need a better coach, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Cardinals are definitely better than what they were five if, years if ago. Can, uh, if he can, if he can, uh, you know, if he can figure out what to do that second half of the season, you know, maybe just not reuse the same place all year and get, you know, a better O line. Maybe, maybe you won't implode the second half of the season. But Matt Rule, my God, uh, yeah, he, I mean, maybe Hollywood Brown's the answer for the Cardinals. Carolina Panther fans. Oh, you are in our prayers. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Joe Brady, that guy should probably dip and go back to college too. I, he, I mean, he was premised as being a head coaching candidate in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he should probably dip. Yeah, might as um, well. Okay, so Joe Brady is thirty-two. <laughs> like, dude, what the hell? Like, that's, that's so young. I'm surprised he stayed. I don't know if he's still on. Oh, oh, Joe Brady is now the Buffalo Bills quarterback coach. He's now oh. Josh Allen's quarterback coach. Oh, so he's going up in the world. All right. Ooh. Improvements. I Ooh. was going to say that, dude, that makes that makes Buffalo scary next year. The Bills just got Joe Brady. Wait a second. How is that so far under the radar? Wait a second. This dude is, what, three years removed from the 2019 LSU. <laughs> they replaced season. Ken Dorsey, the old Miami quarterback who lost to Ohio State. <laughs> Dude, what? I'm so, yeah, like, the old Buffalo Bills quarterback used to be the Miami quarterback, like on the GOAT Miami team who just yeah. lost to Ohio State. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more things before we get into I'm just surprised Joe that went under the radar. Joe, that's gonna Joe Brady's on the the Bills. Bills? <laughs> what? Clip that by the way. That's a good clip. Like when that really flew under the radar. What the hell? I'm surprised that nobody nobody's <laughs> talked about that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he landed God. in by far probably the best situation. It's definitely the best situation you can go. I mean, other be, than dude, I guess the Chiefs Mahomes. quarterback coach, yeah, like Mahomes, like. <laughs> I take I take the Bills quarterback job maybe, over the Bengals right maybe, now. Honestly, you know, sitting, give me Josh behind, Allen. Maybe behind sitting behind Mike Tomlin because he, for whatever reason, can win with any quarterback you give him. 
Like, give him Josh Rosen. I guarantee you, he'll be able to beat the Tom Steelers. Brady. Would go. <laughs> like, they would go to the they would go to the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, um, the fact that the Steelers made the playoffs last year, what the hell? Speaking speaking of Steeler quarterbacks, by the way, since 2018, Mitchell Trubisky, I call him Mitchell, has the sixth best winning percentage in the NFL for a quarterback. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, behind, behind Drew, uh, Drew, or sorry, behind Patty Mahomes, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I, I just want to say people got to really put impressive. some respect on uh, Mitch's name for going to the playoffs uh, with Matt, Matt Nagy. Nagy. Uh, yeah. That's the most impressive thing. You, and I think he did it like year two. I think they went like 10 and six or something. Year two. Yeah. Um, like, it's absurd. He, he deserves some credit. It was, it was <laughs> his first year with Matt Nagy. That was the year they went to the playoffs. That was also the first year they had Khalil Mack, to be fair. But I just remember, I remember sitting there and watching that. It was um, the last game of the season was the Bears at the Vikings. Vikings playing for their playoff hope. The Bears already made it in the playoffs. We were hoping that they would pull their starters. They didn't pull their starters. They let Mitch play the whole game. And I remember sitting there because Mitch was able to, what for whatever reason, pick apart the Vikings defense. Mine was like <laughs> his first start in Chicago when they kind of abused him. Yeah which is kind of like, that's kind of expected, like first start versus an interconference team. Like you kind of get abused, especially that year, I think was the Viking Vikings were coming off of, I think it was 2018. Like they had still had a very good defense, like whatever. Right. Mitch is a good quarterback and I feel bad because I think he's going to get the Teddy Bridgewater treatment, but I'm not sure if he'll ever get another starting gig. He it's, we got all these new quarterbacks, like these younger quarterbacks coming in too, but like, I feel bad because I think he's a very legitimate, like very good quarterback and at least average, like he should start. He should be a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Like, so one thing that I just find really weird about NFL, just kind of quarterbacks in general, it seems to me like the patience, the waiting time, it's it's very small now. And it's like, you better start performing right away or else you're gone. You know why? Except Daniel Jones on the Giants. The only guy who has the longest leash in the history. But yes, it, explain to me why. It's, it's because of Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's, I know Patrick Mahomes sat that whole year and then he started the last game. But the reason why they just throw people in there is because Patrick Mahomes just absolutely lit it off. So they want to just know instantly, like, hey, do we have a Patrick Mahomes? Like, we want I can it. understand. I, I can also, get like, that. Baker Mayfield also, like, props like for him like he sat the first couple of games when he came in instantly turned around the, the brown season that year with freddie kitchens as the oc um but also like you look at justin herbert came in a couple weeks into the season after the doctor he paid the doctor to stab tyron taylor's lungs you know <laughs> um and like he came off started like off hot deshaun watson came in started off hot people forget like, Whoever the Chargers team doctor is, that guy should have been fired. He literally three minutes after it got announced, Tyrod can't play. Like literally, punctured lung. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> I. How does that get what? out? Like, how do you? How, do you, how does it? How, how do you puncture that, someone's? How does that information get out pregame too? Like, how if you're the Chargers, how does that leak? And it's like what. 
are they putting like a needle in like his chest yeah, so, i'm so confused i don't get it um, and they they were around this rib right here and they stuck it and accidentally stuck it straight through and punctured the lung because normally what you do to reinflate the lung is you puncture it but they punctured an inflated lung you know it started deflating his one good one uh but yeah um, Full top baby. I mean, <laughs> low key was probably a good thing now that but Herbert like why. balled yeah, up. But that's why. I mean, Kyler yeah, Murray I, yeah. came in, started right away. Like, I just, I just, also, I just feel like the I, leech is very short. But some teams give their guys long, like Daniel Jones, Giants, like Donald finally got the leash pulled last year. But it's, like, it's just, it's because they don't want to admit their mistake. Because if you're a GM, that also is true. You're, that also like, is true. You don't want to admit like, you messed oh, up. My, like I messed up this pick and like all these players were available and I didn't get them. The chances that you get fired skyrocket. So that's why you're like, no, 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 no. Like, trust me, like next true, year, he's going to be like a top 10 quarterback. Daniel Jones will not be a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Flip let's back. shoot for top 25 like, first, you know, like let's there. start our goals low. You know? you know what? If he can, if he can be like beat, um, who was the backup for the Ravens last year who probably can also start in the NFL? Oh, Hunter, oh. Hunter Hunt, Huntley. It was Huntley, something like that. Tyler Huntley. I, I, I forget the dude's name. But if you, <laughs> if you can, if you can beat him. All right. That's a starting point. Um, okay. So the other thing I had the other day, ESPN tweeted out, what is your favorite all time father son duo in sports? I was sitting there and the first thing that came up was Adam Thielen and Marshawn Lattimore. Okay. So this is what I want to say. One of my favorite things about that. Okay. I'll I'll let you fish and then I'll. I'll To which I responded, you know, Adam Thielen then is a grandfather because Marshawn Lattimore is the father of Mike Evans. So want to put that one out there. Uh, Uh, Not only Mike Evans, but also Julio Jones. Oh, so, so yeah. So. Adam Thielen is a Lattimore is a lot of receivers daddies. All I'm saying. Adam Thielen is the grandfather of multiple children. Um, but you know, Stefan Diggs and Marcus Williams, anybody, uh, whoever Dion or sorry, whoever Andre Johnson beat the crap out of in the middle of the game, throw him in there too. Uh, if you remember the, uh, the video D hop against that Redskins corner was, yeah, that was the next one I was going to say. Yeah. But Um, I, one thing I just want to say about this. So well, I saw this post, looked at a bunch of interactions, and of course, a ton of people are just trolling, you know, putting, yeah. putting like the player comps, you know, like doing feeling Lattimore or whatever, doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I saw one reply, and I truly believe this guy was dead serious. He said Peyton Manning and Arch Manning. And I'm pretty sure the guy was dead serious. Um, Arch Manning is Peyton's nephew. Um, he's not Peyton's son. Uh, so also, no, it's funny. Like, obviously people, obviously people are being ironic here, but they're obviously like, I bet there were a ton of like Ken Griffey senior and Ken Griffey junior and shit, but that guy who put Arch Manning and Peyton was dead ass and was dead serious about that one. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that post is perfect for the classic troll interactions your favorite father-son duo, like, that's just amazing. You put Tom Brady with a million different players, shit, too. Basically, put- every single one of those quarterbacks that got drafted before him 
Yeah, like you can you could do the the possibilities are really endless when it comes to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Steph Curry and the entire NBA. Yeah, uh, you could also say uh, I'm trying to think. Now, if we want to be legitimate, I'd put the Griffies on there, but uh, no one wants to be legitimate. I don't want to. Either. No, like of course, I mean they're even the guy posting that was intending on people to have joke replies. Like yeah. I, I yeah. mean. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, do you have anything else on specific NFL news? Um, yeah, one last thing was uh, PickWise um, posted, they like do a lot of like start one, bench one, cut ones. Mm-hmm. This start one, bench one, cut one came out the other day. It was CD Lamb, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson. Why is that a question? Why is that a question? Who you would even start? Because that's bona fide. If you're not the start is guaranteed. That's a bench cut. Some people have different. I have a very strong opinion on the bench cut personally, but some people out there just assume that physicality means you're the greatest at your position. So of course they would start DK in that scenario. But I mean, yeah, no. uh, Start Justin Jefferson. Bench CD Lamb. Cut DK Metcalf. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of think this is a good transition uh, into our Madden rankings, just going off that ranking. Uh, but real quick, before we get into that, I got to piss really badly. So we'll be right back just after this commercial break. Okay, I just had a realization while I was in the bathroom. Since COVID began, my bladder has shrinked at an exponential rate. And I'm going to explain this right now and it will make complete sense to you. Okay. Once COVID began and everyone was doing online schooling or whatever, working from home, you are what? Three, four feet away from your bathroom from where you're working. So in my mind, if I have any type of urge to go piss, it'll take me 30 seconds to a minute at most. And I'm done out of the way. When you're in like a classroom work setting, you know, like, I'm not just going to get up every hour to go take a piss if I feel a little something in my bladder, you know, I'm not going to do that. But when I'm at home, and it's convenient, no one's on my shoulder, like, why are you pissing every five minutes? I'm going to piss every five minutes. I'm going to piss every five minutes. I'm going to use that liberty. So I blame COVID for my tiny bladder. I, I blame COVID. COVID caused my tiny bladder. Clip that. All right. I, <laughs> that makes complete sense, though. But I mean, no, does it, that not? It does. It, I, does. it does. That was just not the direction I was expecting you to go out of the break. But, but it makes sense. I like. No, it does. It does, though. I'm, because I'm the why. conveniency, the access to the bathroom is so much more convenient while working at home. I, my bladder has shrunk so much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that's all what right. I that's, got, that's though. That's enough. That's, that, that's, that's what I had. Um, uh, all right. Back to Madden, to NFL, to Madden rankings. So we don't have all of the concrete Madden ratings yet. So obviously, as more come out, we'll report on it. Uh, and yeah, we'll start no running backs, rankings. no corners. Uh, I thought running no backs interior came out today. I thought running backs came out today. Not yet. Uh, Just not wide receivers, tight ends, right. and edge rushers. All right. I'm going to read the top 10 wide receivers in Madden this next year, and we'll go over that with the other stuff afterwards. Number one, Devontae Adams, 99 overall. Cup at 298. Tyreek Hill, 
97. So those three, if we're just looking at the list. Agreed with my rankings perfectly. Shout out EA. (laughs) One thing I would say, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams should be tied. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too bad about that. But but yeah, Cup Cup should probably be a 99 after last season. All right. Four, DeAndre Hopkins, 96 overall. Five, Stefan Diggs, 95. Six, Justin Jefferson, 93. Seven, Mike Evans, 92. Terry McLaurin, 91. Keenan Allen, 91. Amari Cooper, 90. This is where I have my qualms. Now, now, DeAndre Hopkins, we said this last episode, dude is a phenomenal wide receiver. Obviously, one of the best out to come out of this generation, but he could not be healthy last year. He dude was hurt the was entire also, season. Not a, he also like, was not a top five wide receiver when he was healthy last season. I will make that statement. I don't care if I get flamed for it. That is my well, statement. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go but, so far as to say that. I mean, here's my, this you is saying, something I just want to say. Like, are these ratings, in my opinion, it should be a reaction of the previous season. Yes. But it's 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 a combination of reaction look, and pre- like prediction of look, what they do here, on the field. Here's, it's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. If if you are going to say that DeAndre Hopkins last season was better than Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Terry, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, I I would say that you're joking. Like I don't think that that's a fair assessment outside of maybe the one Hail Mary that that he was able to catch. I, I just, I, like, I'm very confused how they, why, why is DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> 96 overall? Why is Stefan Diggs and is two overalls better than Justin Jefferson? Why is DeAndre Hopkins three overalls better than Justin Jefferson? Like, I think that our list that we made last week was, or last episode was very justifiable. And if we're looking at last season, Justin Jefferson almost broke Randy Moss's record and he, um, how many yards is he away from next? Yeah, year? so last year he broke Randy's uh, first two broke. season reception Almost. record. Oh, no, he did break. No, he did. And then yards. next year, if he gets, I think it's 1,100 or 1,200 yards, he will set the record for most receiving yards in a uh, wide receiver's first, first three, three seasons. seasons. Yeah. So I, I'm just, just based off that fact alone, like Jay Jettas is literally – like on potential to be a top three wide receiver all time, all time in terms of accolades and every like just based off that like he now i'm not necessarily gonna go out on a limb and say he will be the second greatest receiver of all time when it's all said and done but he is on track like he technically is just based off those numbers dude has three thousand receiving yards in his first two seasons i mean like like and people are like, he got an extra game last year. That's one game, dude. It's still 3,000 yards. Like, relax. Uh, chill. Like, okay. <laughs> also, DeAndre Hopkins is approaching. Is he? He's about to be 30, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of He is he 30. So, with a suspension, by the way, coming into next year. He turned 30 last month. With a, He has a suspension, too. I think it's a six-game suspension going into next month. So, I oh, just – I don't he's... understand that. And then also, like – Is he suspended? Yeah, for PEDs. Did not know that. Yeah. Did not Which know NFLPA that. disputed today, by the way, but he still tested positive for PEDs. So, just saying. Maybe the Hollywood trade 
maybe it makes a little more sense now why the Cardinals yeah. really went after um, Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> also, like, okay, I love Terry McLaurin. I think 91 is very fair for him. I do think that if you're putting him in 91, you kind of got to boost up Jamar Chase a little bit. I also think that Amari Cooper at 90 is too high. Really? I think that he should be an 88. Like, okay, this After is my thing season, with these ratings. I mean, last season. it's just I, like... <sighs> Michael Thomas also is a 90. I think that's perfect for him, to be fair. I think, Do you now? Really? Well, I said, I said that he shouldn't be a 93. That's what my assumption was he was going to be a 93. If he's a 90, I can accept that. That's okay. But also, like, if you're putting him at a 90, DeAndre Hopkins shouldn't be a 96. But, but like, okay, let, let, let me put receiver. Okay, so receiver, when I was just looking at this top, my instant reaction is why does EA refuse to give high ratings to second or third year players unless they're quarterbacks and running? That's the only position group where they'll give them clout. So I'm looking at these receiver lists, right? Devontae, yada, 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 whatever. Cooper Cup makes sense. Like, I get that. I don't understand why Jay Jetta's is only a 93 and it's jamar's an 87 like jamar there's chase, a disconnect here jamar like Chase is one overall lower than adam thielen and i love adam thielen but he's not better than jamar chase also you know, jamar chase is better than amari cooper i don't know why amari cooper is gonna be a 90 on that shout out everett shout out you man finally admitting you know what hey one of our guys is overrated. You know what? I'm going to shout I, you out on that. Like I said, I told you this before. I think I love Adam Thielen. 88, maybe a little bit too high. I think he should be an 86. I I think it's just hilarious that DJ Moore is considered a better receiver than Jamar Chase. The, the, the like, Moore, uh, 88. Overall. Just the refusal of EA to like rate these younger guys, it makes no sense. So, I mean, of course... Uh, just naturally, DJ Moore should be higher rated than Jamar, of course. Yeah. Uh, now, like, I can understand if they're worried about franchise mode and, like, yeah, Jay Jettas will probably be a 99 after one season, like, in your thing. Like, yeah, that is a bit of a concern. But, like, but they don't give a shit like, about franchise. They, when have they ever cared about franchise? They don't care. I think they so it's not like they're doing that to help out franchise from players getting OP. It's not like they're helping that out. The last time they cared about franchise was probably the 2012 Madden with Peyton Hillis on the cover. <laughs> I remember playing that on my Wii, by the way. And I'm so sad that they took out the feature. You could literally make your own stadium and team and play it in franchise mode. Yeah, just the lack of features, uh, it just made... Okay, also, another thing I want to say, how the hell is T. Higgins only an 83? It should be like an 85. I feel like an 85 is like a good rating for T. Higgins. 85, like 86 or so? If Jerry Judy is an 82, how is T. Higgins only an 83? Like, what the hell? Like, that oh does God, not make know. sense. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Uh, okay. Not, <laughs> year in, year out, just... They're they're up on some Zaza over there. Okay, so I noticed a couple of alarming stats when it came to some of these players, and I just want to point out a couple of things where EA uh, drastically messed up. Do I have to like bolt myself down into my seat real quick? Do I like just gotta make sure that the second one might be more surprise? Actually, I'm not sure which one you think is more surprising, but this is the first one: Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is uh, an 89 overall wide receiver. And I said this last week, 
in my opinion, Debo is more of like a hybrid role in terms of pure receiver. I wouldn't put him top five, yeah. but in terms of NFL weapons, he is top five. Yeah. And so I was looking at Debo stats, really taking a deep dive. They did Debo right. He has the highest trucking. He has the highest strength. He has the highest break ta- or not strength. He has the highest trucking and he has uh, the highest break tackle out of any wide receivers. However, for Debo Samuel's carrying stat, which I'm pretty sure just determines if the player will fumble the ball or not. Like I, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Let's basically. Uh, so Debo Samuel for being the hybrid running back wide receiver last year, who essentially was the Niners running back down the stretch. According to Madden, Debo Samuel is the 216th best wide receiver at carrying the football. 216th best wide receiver at carrying the football. Do you have his overall for carrying? 71 overall. At wide receiver. At wide receiver. Do you know what Cordell Patterson's carrying is? I can look it up. I just, the highest carrying rating is Allen Robinson at 83. So if you're telling me Allen Robinson is 12 points better at carrying the football uh, than Debo Samuel, I I don't, what the hell are we talking about? What, that makes no sense. That that literally does not make sense. Let Uh, me look at Patterson. I'm curious to see what they gave him. Let's just look at this. Ooh, I think he's listed as a running back. Let's just see. I think, Corda- yeah, he's not a wide receiver. Okay, so we can't. He's see not him in it yet. So let's it. let's look real quick. Because I mean, Debo at Cord- Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson is the closest player to Debo Samuel as of last. Yes, year. I, I w- yes, I would agree. So agree with let's that. let's look. Last year, <laughs> I mean, last year Debo Samuel had four fumbles, and I'm pretty sure one of those came on a play where he injured himself. Okay. I'm saying regardless if he fumbled four times, that's still no other wide receiver in the NFL is strong enough and has the balls to carry a ball inside zone. Debo is the only wide wide receiver in the NFL who can do that shit. So only one. So, okay. All right. So um, last season, Allen Robinson did not fumble. Allen Robinson only has two career fumbles since 2014 when he entered the league. Yes, but Allen Robinson also had what eight catches last year. Like here, here, we can compromise. Yeah, we can compromise. So <laughs> keep Allen Robinson at eighty three for carrying and put Debo Samuel at like eighty five. I'm just like I I swear, just for the like the average running back has like, like a ninety one carry rate, yeah, like yeah. literally like in the nineties. That's like the average. How is Debo at 71? That, that literally makes no sense. Also, like, why, like, I don't know why. It seems like they haven't added a new position, like a hybrid flex position. Like, they can do that easily. I, they probably could, but... I mean... It, yeah, might, it might be weird. Uh, like, I, I can see something just, just being just weird. It, you just put it... Like, make wide receivers available to put in the running back like spot. Like, Well, you can back. do that. Like, Debo... Last year, when you move Debo to running back, he's like a yeah, 99 yeah, but I'm, overall. But I'm saying then, <laughs> and, and they can't play a wide receiver play. So I'm saying, like, you know how they have third down back or they have power back? Like, you can do that. I'm saying make wide receivers able to go into those spots. Don't make them literal running backs. Don't make them yeah, literal okay. running back spot, but put them there. Fixes your problem. You can put Debo Samuel there, and he can still be a wide receiver, and it works. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just, like, kind of – 
that just kind of that just kind of yeah didn't make sense to me uh this is another thing that i found okay. hilarious okay uh so Taysom hill is now a tight end uh in matt i'm not sure if he was last year i think i think he was a quarterback for like quarterback. The past. but he's a tight end now uh and something that i just found crazy was Taysom hill's strength rating compared to other established tight ends in the nfl okay so Taysom hill has a strength rating of 78 uh I'm going to list first, what do you want to hear first? The tight ends with better strength ratings or the ones with worse uh, strength worse. ratings? Worse. We'll start with worse. Okay. So uh, Taysom Hill has a higher strength rating than Pat Fryermuth, Cole Komet, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz, Mike Dosicki, Hunter Henry, and Robert Tanyan. Uh, so I look, I, you know, I was, I was trying, to, trying to dive into this. Uh, More than Hunter and- Henry? And the couple times, uh, the couple times I watched Taysom Hill play, he is pretty hard nosed. Yeah, he is pretty yeah, tough. He, is. he does. But I'm just, I'm just trying to make sense of this strength rating. So I, I just looked up some, some stats just about Taysom Hill physically. He's six to 220 pounds. Um, the average tight end in the NFL is six four and over 250 pounds, and they rank Taysom Hill pretty sure as like the 14th strongest tight end in the NFL. So the guys ahead of him were uh, George Kittle at 82, TJ Hawkinson at 80. These are notable guys. TJ Hawkinson at 80, Mark Andrews and Kelsey at 79. And he's tied with Johnny Smith at 78. So, I mean, I'm just confused. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I could be wrong about this. I haven't watched that much tape on Johnny Smith. And yeah, me neither. I, I'm not going to act like I I'm a guru. I feel like Hunter uh, Henry probably has a should have a higher trucking than – or sorry, strength than uh, – Yeah, Smith. like trucking, sure. Give it to Taysom. But, but strength? I don't know. I trust Hunter Henry uh, in the run blocking game more than Taysom yeah. Hill. Sue me. Uh, I don't know about you, yeah. but I, I think I'd trust Hunter Henry a little so, more. Wait, does that does that mean if if I if I put Taysom Hill at fullback, like and I do like like I could have like a gross fullback combo, just put Taysom Hill back if here, like that he fake, has run blocking, back. he could potentially be a great fullback yeah. for Madden. He could. Yes. If you're into fullbacks, if that's your thing. That's your offense. Uh no, yeah. I, those were just two numbers. Little- those are just two things that just shocked me. Uh, in terms of specific ratings, yeah. I have some other overall trends of matting ratings, not necessarily specific to this year, okay. but in general that I don't understand. One thing I don't get, how, how do players have higher catch in traffic and spectacular catch ratings than their normal catching? Are they better when contested? I don't know. Un- that, that just literally doesn't make sense. Like just, just literally that doesn't make sense, you know? someone their catching attribute should be the highest just physically thinking about that uh that's just like a little thing i don't understand uh another thing that i don't i don't really understand uh okay they release the interior linebackers i guess edge rushers i guess they yeah i've got a little bit on that too by the way i i kind of find it it just doesn't really make sense to me why almost every single top D end or edge rusher had better awareness and play recognition stats than all the linebackers. Uh, now, I mean, I was a scout team middle linebacker back in my day, but for me, what, what really differentiates a 
good from great linebackers, their, their awareness, their defensive IQ, their ability to their instincts, be in the right position, make plays. Uh, and I don't know, man, Fred, I just feel like Fred Warner might be a little more intelligent on play recognition than Nick Bosa. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that should just make sense. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the linebackers, like the captain of the defense, I'd, I'd hope got, they would they be aware. The they got the helmet. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't understand why the linebackers have, like, the lowest awareness and play yeah. recognition on um, the defense. That okay. just didn't make sense. So, speaking of edge rushers, and if you don't have anything for the NFL after this, we'll wrap it with the MLB. Um, so, the list for the edge rushers, top 10 edge rushers, uh, 99 overall, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. 96 TJ Watt, 94 Nick Bosa, 92 Von Miller, 92 Khalil Mack, 91 Joey Bosa, 91 Cam Jordan, 90 Demarcus Lawrence, 90 Chandler Jones, 89 Rashawn Gary. First and foremost, why is TJ Watt not a 99 overall when he almost broke the season single season sack record? And you know, uh, you know, just just kind of demolishes any player that he comes against. Like I understand Miles Garrett is obviously a phenomenal like defensive end and he's don't get into this again Everett. no like i'm just saying like like i'm just saying put miles garrett at a 98 and tj watt at a 99 or at least make tj watt a 98 like the same thing you did for cooper cup well miles garrett's a 99 so i know and so is tj watt yeah i I don't understand why tj is not there at least you at least have to give him a 98 like at a minimum yeah if, if cup won oh boy he's 98 how is Depoy not 98 at least? Also, by the way, I think he was like two one sack away from breaking the all like the single season record, something like maybe it was two sacks. Like it, insanely yeah. close. Like, I mean, me. I, yeah, I, I, I'm honestly not entirely sure how close he was. But also, like, keep in mind uh, he he tied it. He tied oh, it he last year. He tied week. it. Oh, he tied the record, and you know, he's just three overalls lower than Miles Garrett. You know, uh who also just almost murdered a man with a helmet. Let me just keep that in there. Um, like, I'm going to be honest, TJ Watt has led the league in sacks, TFLs, and QB hits for the past two seasons. Yeah, no, I just... Which is, that is, that is crazy as shit. hates, hates TJ Watt. What can I say? They hate the Steelers. Um, Yeah, I I mean, one thing, though, like that I, I, I was... I found it kind of funny about TJ. Well, I'm not entirely sure about his athleticism, but I think it's very funny that he is slower than like every single D end, like in the game, pretty Which much. That's like a meta D end. I mean, he has to have high finesse moves. He's got to be pretty quick. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Who knows? Whatever. Um, whatever. But my, my biggest complaint with this, like, okay, like, I guess Ocho Cinco knows more than me. <laughs> so. Uh, we obviously have Cam Jordan on here, 91. Demarcus Lawrence is a 90. Chandler Jones is a 90. And Rashawn. I feel like Demarcus Lawrence has been a 90 for like four straight years. And he's been hurt. <laughs> like he's been hurt. Like, also, Rashawn Gary's an 89. I, I mean, I know Rashawn Gary's good, but like, Max Crosby's not on this list. Like, Max Crosby's not a 90 overall. Also, like, if you're going to give Michael Thomas a 90 overall for not playing in two years when he was before he played, like he was one of the top players in, in the league for wide receivers. Why is Daniel Hunter not a 90 overall? Daniel Hunter played the last, I mean, he played games over the last, I guess not last season. I swear it's just because Daniel Hunter is not as well known. 
Like that has to be <laughs> literally. Like, Neil literally. Hunter is when he's when he was healthy, like top one of the the top defensive ends in the league. And I also just, I mean, in seven games, he had six sacks last year. So, and then, by the way, he was hurt, <laughs> he was hurt dur- during uh, a couple of those, and he got one sack. I remember this game. He got one sack in like the first three minutes and tore his pack, and then he was out. Yeah, I, like Daniel Hunter is just an animal. I, I just, it, it yeah, I seems understand. to me like it's all like it's all just. Bias? I don't know. Bias? I, yeah, it's bias. I think it's just popularity. Which I so I think it's crazy that Which Nick Bosa makes, is three overall higher than Joey Bosa. But that that also <laughs> makes no sense because Jamar Chase is an eighty-seven. Yeah, the there's no consistency here. There's zero consistency, and like that that like that's like, my you big know problem. What they should do like scrap the the EA whoever whatever they use the evaluators. I don't care about them. Like sure. <laughs> Just go off a consensus list, like average out all of the lists that like- Just go on the NFL GM, well- Literally- Now that I think about NFL GM rankings are definitely skewed because they're just putting their players like at number one or something. Like I I can understand why they'd be a little skewed. You know what they do? There's this- Are you not allowed to vote for your own players? Is that a thing? There's this one- That should be it. There's this one really cool thing in the NFL called the NFL Top 100 where the players- rate the players in the league and that's how they do the top 100 list so you know you could just go off of that list and do the rankings from there because that's non-biased since it's from the players and just rank them how the players who actually play the sport by the way <laughs> you know, what they think who are on the field going up against these you know, guys themselves you know, maybe, maybe they know a thing or two i don't know but call me crazy for saying they might have a little insight on the guys they're going up against. Yeah. Call me crazy for thinking that. Uh, that. Yeah, it's just, there's no consistency with the Madden uh, ratings. I, I just don't understand. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have anything else specifically. I want to go over. It's just, I have, it's just, all right. Let's, let's wrap the episode out with MLB real quick. Uh, we've been jargoning for a little while here. I have two things. I have two things. Obviously the all-star game is tonight. Uh, Love starting in about it. an hour and a half. I'm I'm hoping that uh, we will have a home run derby to end the game today. As you saw, they they did mm-hmm. add to the bottom of the ninth. If it is tied, we'll now have a home run derby to decide the the winner. And that makes me feel like it is going to be set up to take place this year. Yeah, I. It's a little weird that they break that news. Uh, like. Yeah. You know, uh, why was there such a big deal out of that news being broken? I think that's, I, don't... I also think that that's really cool. Like, imagine oh, yeah. if, we have a, if, we have a, if we have a Fields of Dream situation where we're already just hitting nukes, like it's nine to nine or something and, and the ninth and it's tied and you go to a home run derby on top of that, that's just incredible. Um, but the, the, the all-star things- game should also arguably be played at the field of dreams for the rest of eternity. After this year, but the two things that I had to talk about was one, if Juan Soto is declining a $440 million contract, 50. $450 million contract over 15 years, what is Otani going to do to the market when his contract comes up next year? Will so, a team so be this able is... to pay for him or are we going to have a uh, Bobby Bonilla day? So this is the thing. Honestly, I kind of like this. I I haven't really considered Otani too much. Uh, This is what I would say, though. In my opinion, 
Juan Soto is extremely more valuable than Shohei Otani, and that's because of age and the fact that Juan Soto is literally the greatest hitter since Ted Williams. Uh, now, Otani, okay, the dude's unreal. Don't he's get me wrong. Get a, he's going to get I'm a not saying contract. He's going to get... He's going to get 300 million somewhere, without a doubt. Shohei Otani, though. Uh, let me let me just look up his age real quick. I think he's 26. Uh, Shohei Otani turned 28 uh, two weeks ago. Well, it's baseball. I don't know about you, Everett, but just based off some past uh, long-term deals I've looked at, uh, the Braves didn't re-sign Freddie Freeman because. They didn't want to pay a 37-year-old $28 million well, a here's year. My, here's my outlook on it, right? Shohei will be 29 when he's uh, a free agent, right? So let, let me actually look up his con. Like, let me actually either way, his- obviously, when when you're looking at Shohei, you're looking at him as a pitcher, you're looking at him as a batter, right? This year is a little bit worse than last year, but the dude averages 10 plus strikeouts through nine innings. I'm pretty sure his K9 is like 12. Like it's absurd. So you're getting a, either your ace pitcher or he's a, he's a, not a free agent next year, free agent two years. So season after 30, he'll be 30. So you will be looking, we'll see how he is by then, but you'll be looking to get either your ace pitcher or a good rotationary player as a pitcher. Plus probably your starting bat, like your, your home run hitting bat. Now, if he's 30, let's just say he's not pitching so well anymore. He gets whatever, like he just isn't doing as hot. He turns into a glorified Nelson Cruz who can then play outfield again. True. But I don't know if signed I, him originally. I don't, I don't know. I don't think Shohei's agent is going to be uh, taking no, that into account. Obviously, <laughs> but, but I mean, obviously, if you're the team, like you'd much rather have him as like a, a pitcher that can that can hit well. Like that's kind of his whole deal. But even as a center fielder and a bat, like that's still a very good deal. Now, if he can't pitch, I would say that he's probably not going to get as big of a contract as before because that's his market. But I think that if, let's say we have the Shohei right now is the same Shohei in two years. I think that that would, I mean, that's 500 mil. I think at least. I, I think Juan Soto though, this is another thing about Soto. Okay. So Juan Soto has not including this season, two more seasons of arbitration before he's a right. legitimate free agent. But you want to lock that down now because, I mean, if you keep going, like that might go through. No, no, no. Yeah, you want to lock that down now. Uh, Juan Soto doesn't, though. He doesn't want to lock no. that. Juan Soto agent, like Juan Soto's agent knows if we sign this extension in three years in 2025, he literally might make 600 mil. Yeah. Legitimately. He actually, like... Juan Soto is the greatest hitter. I, I have never been more as a Dodger fan when the uh, Dodgers went up against the Nationals in the playoffs 2019 when they got bounced. Juan Soto is the scariest hitter I have ever, ever seen in my life. I, I've fair. never been more frightened of a guy at the plate ever than Juan Soto. That's very fair. Although like Fernando Tatis and and MLB the show will that will get me. Tatis is dirty too, but it's the the difference for me between Soto and Tatis is Soto is such a tough out. If you Uh, you throw anything out of the zone, he's not swinging. He's not even hesitating. You know who who else is a tough out? Luis Arise. 
Sure. Yeah, actually, he is tough out. He has lowest strikeout rate. But I'm saying when you can combine that with slugging power, that that's so rare. That's so rare to find. One thing that I'll just say while I'm just talking what I just mentioned, Luis Arise, he's still very young. I'm pretty sure the Twins are going to lock him down. Are we talking Soto or? Arise. Arise. Just, but <laughs> it's related to Soto because with that heart, like it's, it's, you have to just be built to be able to have that instinct to be a hard out. Like that's not something you can really learn. Like that's just kind of instinctual. And in my opinion, it's you either just are a tough out, like it's just not. your approach. Like yeah. so Soto's my, up my, there, he's getting on base no matter what. If, like that's his goal. If Luis Arias can, can put on a little muscle, like a little more muscle, like I'm not saying this is literally the way that it will go, but there is a chance, an outside chance that he can be the kind of batter or a replicant batter of Juan Soto, and and not right now, but in a couple of years. And I'm not saying okay, he's gonna be on the same Everett, scale. I'm not I'm saying going to cut you up. Like no, <laughs> no, I'm not saying he's going to no, be on the scale, but no kind of, fucking player in the, the MLB kind, can compare to Juan Soto. I'm not Everett. saying literally, I'm <laughs> literally saying, no one. I'm There's saying, no one in the I'm MLB right now, even batter, remotely close batter. to him a kind of batter who can be a tough out and can hit home runs. Okay. This is all I want to say ever. Okay. The reason why Juan Soto scares the shit out of me. The reason why he was more scared to me than Freddie Freeman. The reason why he's more scared to me than like the cheating Astros, George Springer, 2017, still more afraid of Soto in 2019. This dude at the plate, you hang one slider you're getting mashed 80 million feet in a row. Like you mess up one pitch. That's all he needs. One fuck up. You're done. You're getting, you're, you're docked. You're rocked. You're out. You're out of the game. You're getting pulled. Soto just rung you up. Like it was nothing. Like this dude, Juan Soto is doing shit. I've never like Juan Soto has a career 968 OPS. He has a career 427 on base percentage. Stop the count. Stop the count. Stop it. All right. Juan Soto is, is in a league amongst boys. He last year, he had 145 walks and 93 strikeouts, 50 more walks than strikeouts. And yeah, he's on the nationals. I mean, if I, if I were playing against the nationals, I literally intentionally walk Juan Soto every single <laughs> at bat. That's actually your best uh, chance of winning, which is this dude. So he's doing shit. I've never seen. I've never seen this shit. I've never seen this. He's a career 160 OPS plus, yeah. 60% better than the average. That's his, that's his career that's average. A generational player. Like, like, so going back to the Otani, I, I agree with you in the fact that Otani and Soto will probably have the two largest contracts in LB history when they do sign their deals. I think Soto's should be more, though. I, I truly think that. You just I think Juan Soto is just the doing things like market, I've never seen. The market is constantly being reset. Like, like if we look at the NFL, like True. There are players yes. that are getting paid more than players that are essentially better than them. Well, to be honest, literally every year there's a new record for highest yeah. paid blank in the NFL every yeah. year. So, um, okay, real quick, just wrap up. Uh, we've been riffing for a bit. Um, <laughs> my last thing that I have is just. With the All Star Game today, uh, the other day, yesterday, uh, the Braves mascot Blooper took a picture with the giant Dodgers ring, World Series ring, outside the stadium. 
I've taken a picture of that ring too. I have not, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't get over there. Um, and they had a hidden message inside their tweet that said, man, I can't wait to kick it with, uh, with all these fans. Y'all are miraculous in every way. Check out these sweet rings. And if you look at all of the capital letters, it goes Mickey Mouse ring, which you know what? Props for the creativity. Props yeah, for the creativity. I'll be honest. When I, when I first saw this, yeah, like a couple of, couple of my Dodger friends were a little, little pissed. Little hot, yeah. But, but this is blue. If you're unaware of how blooper brave operates, this is this is like actually one of the more low key, tame. not really hard. Yeah, this is a very like, tame you know, roast. What uh, what is the there's what's what's the one mascot that Benny, Benny the Bull? Like he's like a he's like a Benny the Bull of the MLB. Yeah, uh, like on Twitter, he gets in like fights with Big Cat and stuff like all the time. And like one of the funniest things I heard Big Cat say is like when this current blooper braves like retires, starts doing something else. The new blooper brave who takes over that Twitter account is like, why the hell is Big Cat shit talking me 24-7? Like, it's like, hey, that blooper brave for the rest of time needs to be a social media god. For the rest of eternity, he needs that, to be. That had, they have to have like like almost, they have a they have yeah. a really unique opportunity here. Like they need you gotta to have capitalize. like an American idol, but for for blooper the brave. Like that's how you find the, the next blooper the brave. Yeah, now I I doubt the literal blooper brave mascot is the guy typing these no, tweets, but whoever the social media guy is doing that, you sir, you're killing it. You are destroying still, the like, social media game. They, you know what they did? They poached the dude from Wendy's. <laughs> okay, the Wendy's social media manager is actually the most savage human being on earth. Uh, there's one other. There's one other brand. It might be Arby's. It's weird. Actually, I don't think it's food. It's not. I don't think it, it's not. A, it, it might be a clothing brand, not even a clothing. I don't know. But it's just yeah. whenever I see a verified company Twitter account just roasting dudes, that's amazing. Like, that's that's phenomenal. Like, that's so good. All right. With that, I think they'll wrap out the episode. Thank you. Yeah, guys. that's all I got. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Uh, like we said, if you're the real dogs, if you've got that Zach Wilson dog in you, not literally, hopefully not really. Uh, but if you do have that dog in you, uh, like, follow, post. Uh, when we have new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday, rate five stars. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and real quick, real quick, one last part of words. Uh, just like how Andrew Friedman's about to uh, savage the trade deadline in Cop Juan Soto, you guys should be savaging your long travels and listening to the Water Boys wherever you go. If you got a plane ride coming up, maybe you got a long, uh, long car ride. Pop on the podcast. Listen to your boys. Keep up to date with the real insight on sports with your water boys. That's all. That's all I had to say. But Everett, water boys out.